Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here at the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this year program, 877-973-7425. You know, I told myself I was going to get out of the habit of doing it. I wasn't going to do it, and I wasn't going to do it. I I have moved from being just a Georgia show to a national show, and I didn't think it was appropriate because I got so many listeners who aren't in Georgia but I got bullied and I shouldn't say I got bullied. I got browbeaten by so many people. Uh, give me the list. You always do the list. So I, I did it. I did it. I have a list. And, and of course, uh, too many people have my cell phone number and, and the people who are unhappy. Are like, I can't believe you said vote for this person. Or why didn't you say vote for this person? You made a bad pick here. Um, I don't care. You asked, I'm trying to be openly honest with who I think you should vote for, who I voted for. There's some races where I'm, I don't live there. I'm not voting for them. But if I was, that's who I'd vote for. Some people, I'm in a bad position because some people are friends of mine, like real friends, and and I didn't vote for them because I think the guy in the job is is doing a good job. I'm sorry, I don't wanna hurt my friend's feelings, which is another reason I wasn't going to do this. I don't like to have to pick between friends publicly, privately in the ballot box. I I gotta stop doing this. It's just not worth the hassle. But everybody, I I did it. Now y'all can leave me alone and just take it for what it is. Some of you will look at it and say, oh, this is a great guy to who to vote against. That's fine, I don't care. If you want it, the word data, D-A-T-A, just text that word to the phone number 33777. Just do that. And it will, it'll send you back a link. The top link is the list. Every race, I I think there's a good candidate. And some of them are hard, like um, Scott Johnson and Ed Setzler are running against each other. And Scott is a phenomenal human being. He should have been the GOP chair. Uh, but I, I, I said back, Ed, Ed wrote the field heartbeat bill. He's a good dude. He's a good Christian guy. They both are. It's it's tough. It sucks when people you like, you got two good people running against each other. Or the sixth congressional district, you got uh, Megan Hansen, you got Jake Evans, you got Rich McCormick. I, Rich is a friend. Rich is a longtime friend. Rich is a prayer warrior for my family. He's a Marine. He's an ER doctor. I would vote for Rich McCormick. And it's no offense intended to the other candidates there, but I would. I just, I'm... I, I don't like picking between people. Stop texting me that you're disappointed. And, and we got an open spot now for a lister because one lister was so upset with one. I mean, I got a list of like 40 people around the state. And this guy was so upset with one. He's like, I can never listen to you again, which is good for y'all because we've got space for a new listener of the program. Just absolutely bizarre. I just, oh my gosh. But if you want it, text data to 33777. I'm going to need the margarita recipe after this day. My gosh. Uh, you can get that tomorrow uh, if you're on the recipe list. Now, I want to take Charles's phone call. He can save me from all of you. Charles, you are up next. Welcome to the program. Charles, how are you? Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking the call. I'm sorry I missed uh, part of your show yesterday. I heard that uh, you addressed the fact that if we get the Senate and the House back, at best, it's just a stalling action. We don't get to really change anything. My real concern is we have the House and Senate for two years, and then the Democrats say, hey, look, the Republicans had the House and the Senate for two years. 
and got nothing done. And so what does 24 really look like for us? Yeah, okay. so that was my question. You know, what I find so interesting is because you're right, uh, Biden will finally have a bad guy. Uh, this is very much like Obama in uh, 2010. The Republicans took the House and he was a, they didn't take the Senate, uh, but uh, they, they were able to finally have a bad guy. And, and they used it and, uh, to their best advantage. I, I do think that somewhat, though, the situation is different in this case because the Biden administration uh, has so much executive power to do things related to the economy without Congress, and they're not. Now, they're going to set it up for the Republicans to be the fall guys, and Republicans tend to be the stupid party and probably will fall for it again, particularly if you got Kevin McCarthy uh, as Speaker of the House. The man's not exactly a, a shining light in the sky. Uh, but I, I just think Biden's going to continue to flail around, and the Republicans have a deep advantage now that they didn't have in 2010 or headed into 2012. Uh, Joe Biden does not have something anymore. He used to. Joe Biden used to have something that he doesn't have, that Barack Obama had. No election is the same. There are echoes and reverberations and there are patterns that are similar, but everyone is different because it's always different people. And Republicans do have to remember in 2010, they were able to take back the House, not the Senate, uh, but they got the House and everybody thought, man, Barack Obama is so unpopular. Surely they will win in 2012. Now they didn't for a lot of reasons. One of which was a lot of Republicans believe Romney just didn't fight hard enough. Uh, but also, I think uh, the country wasn't really ready. Typically, they give presidents two terms. It's rare to abandon a president. Uh, Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush, Donald Trump, uh, and I think Joe Biden, that they are very few of the um, pres one-term presidents. There aren't a lot of one-term presidents. But there's something that Barack Obama had that helped him that Joe Biden no longer has, empathy. The American public could decide they did not like Mitt Romney and they could stick with Barack Obama because they still believe Barack Obama cared about them. They might not have liked the job he was doing at times, but they thought he cared about them and they did not believe the Republicans in 2012 cared about them. Uh, Mitt Romney looked to be a little cold-hearted. I, I, look, I agreed with Mitt Romney's comments on taxes and the, the, the minority of Americans who pay taxes versus the majority who just take. I agreed with him completely, but the American public interpreted it as he doesn't care about us. He's not a nice guy. He doesn't have any empathy. Joe Biden's problem right now is that he doesn't have any empathy. Joe Biden's problem right now is that Americans looked at what happened in Afghanistan. There are still Americans, still, this day, still Americans stuck in Afghanistan who can't get out of the country. And the media, you will note, doesn't talk about these Americans who are left behind, who are stuck. Joe Biden doesn't care. Joe Biden is going to turn very quickly to make partisan comments about the shooting in Buffalo. He tried to be the leader. He tried to be the man who unites the country, but it, it, it didn't work. 
and his administration, the left, they can't help themselves. They're going to become bitter and partisan. And when they become bitter and partisan, uh, it becomes very ghoulish. And they're going to do this with abortion, too. They're, 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 going to be, they're going to come off like ghouls. I mean, the Democrats thought they had an aha moment with J.D. Vance in Ohio that they were going to go after him on abortion in the Dobbs case until Tim Ryan went on CNN. Tim Ryan, the Democrat, went on CNN and literally said, oh, I, I can't tell you whether a child that's passing through the birth canal should be killed or not. I, that's between a woman and her doctor. Really? The child is in the process of being delivered, and you think you can't say, morally, you can't say, okay, we shouldn't have abortion at this point. Came across as ghoulish. The Democrats can't help themselves. And meanwhile, Joe Biden, America, you can see it in the polling. It is one of the most unmistakable moments of polling in American history. You can see the exact moment the American public decided Joe Biden really was a jerk. He didn't care. He had no empathy. You can put it on, you can put your finger on the moment. If you go to the real care politics average, the polling average for the president's approval, he immediately starts crashing around August. And it is a steep fall on August 1st, approval of 51%. By August 30th, his approval is at 46%. Today, his approval is at 41.8%. It started crashing the moment he abandoned those soldiers in Afghanistan and got them killed. And it was Biden's policies that got them killed. And he was cold about it. And he refused to accept blame about it. He didn't, oh, Bo Biden, I got Bo Biden. I'm so sorry, Bo Biden, I can relate. No, you can't relate. And stop bringing your dead son up every time as some sort of crushly. He did it today in Buffalo, by the way. Oh, I can relate to your kids and, and your loved ones being gunned down because my son died of cancer. It sucks your son died of cancer, but you bring it up every single time something bad happens to someone else as your crutch to say, I can relate. It hasn't worked for you since those soldiers died in Afghanistan, the first American deaths in Afghanistan in years because of your botched surrender to the Taliban. The voters of America believed Barack Obama, cared about them, even if at times they didn't think he was good at his job. They ultimately decided he was better at his job than the Republicans, and he cared about Americans far more than Mitt Romney and the GOP. Americans don't think Joe Biden cares. They do not think he has any empathy. They do not think he can relate. And as long as the Republicans look like they relate, I think they'll do okay. And I'll tell you where Republicans relate better than the Democrats do these days. Schools, education. Democrats want to stick you with failing schools and teachers unions, and Republicans want to liberate you. Republicans want you to be allowed out of the House. Republicans want you to be uh, allowed out of the school system. They want you to get on with it. Take your kids to the school of your choice and get them the best education you can. And by God, if you want to homeschool them, we will support you with the tax code to relieve your burdens of what of you have to stay home and teach your kids. And the Democrats can't do that because it alienates their base. 
I'll tell you where Democrats are going to get ahead of the Republicans right now is the private equity groups buying up houses around the country. I want to talk about the story when we come back uh, of private equity groups, of, of corporations buying houses, converting them to rental houses, and forcing Americans to be tenants. The GOP's got to get ahead of this. The GOP has got to move forward with this. And frankly, at a state level, the GOP can get ahead of it. One thing Republicans should do is force rental property to be treated. If they're single family homes, treat them like commercial real estate for purposes of property taxes. Something's got to give on that. That's the trap the Democrats are laying for the GOP. But right now, Republicans seem to care a lot more about the American public than the Democrats who have kept them locked up and in masks, kept their businesses closed, and Joe Biden got those soldiers killed in Afghanistan. There is a path forward for the GOP now that did not exist in 2012 because Americans overall, you and I may not have thought it, but Americans overall thought Barack Obama cares about me. He always won that in polls. In every poll, it always asks, Barack Obama cares about me more than the Republicans. You know what? Right now, the polls show the Republicans care about me more than Joe Biden cares about me. And that sort of polling is what wins elections. People want their politicians to care about him. And Biden has failed that. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know, I used to have a great business sense and love to invest and it just got overwhelming and I've been looking to get back into it. And y'all, I have tried the different companies. Y'all know the companies I'm talking about out there. And I settled on SoFi for a lot of reasons. And now I'm actually happy to tell you about them as a podcast advertiser. I'm happy they came on board because I came on board them before this and I really like it. And one of the reasons I like it is because it's gotten so complicated with all the jargon out there. You've got meme stocks, altcoin, you got shilling for different stocks. You don't know who you can trust. Uh, with SoFi, you can actually get into investing stocks, ETFs, crypto, retirement planning. You get all the IRA options, whether SEP, traditional, or Roth. You don't get commissions on trading stocks and ETFs. You get no account fees or hidden fees. You can use fractional shares that start as low as $5 to buy brand name stocks. Even if you don't have a couple thousand dollars lying around, you can get started for cheap with SoFi putting your money in and watching it grow over time. Now listen, you get hands-on with active investing. You can let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool, their robo-advisor, take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio. They've got it all there. It's easy to use. I've been using it. I love the interface. It's intuitive. If I can do it, you can do it. Cut through the jargon. Make investing easy with SoFi. Go to SoFi.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SoFi.com slash Eric, S-O-F-I.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Hello there. I always wait for the little bump here, the change in music. I like this guitar riff. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, I'm going to wade into really controversial territory. <laughs> um, I have a lot of libertarian-oriented friends who are very big proponents of cryptocurrency. There is an article I wish you would all read. If you follow me on Instagram at E.W. Erickson, I put a link up there to this article in my stories there um, in current affairs. Uh, the title kind of says it all. Why this computer scientist says all cryptocurrency 
should die in a fire. Uh, Nicholas Weaver, he's at the University of California, Berkeley. He's been studying cryptocurrency for years. I, I have tried and I have tried and I have tried to make sense of cryptocurrency for years. And I have friends who are tech bros or libertarian bros, including a few females, who are really into the blockchain and, and cryptocurrency. And I have come to the conclusion that it is a, a scam for a certain set of people. As I saw a, a Twitter meme, a tweet that went viral, say it's essentially Mary Kay for bros. Um, but I think it's worse than that because I know people who've made a good living out of selling Mary Kay. It's a very respectable thing to do, and they they treat Mary Kay saleswomen uh, great. Uh, in fact, my wife has an aunt who got a car because she was such a good uh, saleswoman of Mary Kay products. So you're not getting cars for crypto. You're going broke. For those of you who don't know what cryptocurrency is, it is a decentralized exchange of money. Uh, this professor, and the reason I like this um, is because he gives a really good uh, explanation of what cryptocurrency is. Uh, banks serve as your intermediary. The problem of banks is that while your money is very secure, they have to follow money laundering laws, so criminals don't like to use banks. If you get rid of the intermediaries, it doesn't necessarily benefit you and me. It benefits the criminals. This, this is from the professor, Weaver, with cryptocurrencies. The idea is let's eliminate the notion of the intermediary by making our bank balances public, but synonymous. So you're no longer you. You're just some long sequence of random looking numbers. And we'll create a ledger in the town square so that everybody's bank balance is public in the town square, but only identified by the pseudonyms. So for Alice to pay off her bet, she writes a check. I, Alice's random synonymous number, pay Bob's random synonymous number, 200 quatludes. Signed, Alice's random synonymous number. Bob then checks to make sure in the public ledger, Alice really does have the balance, her bank balance claims, because it's public, just synonymous. And if so, he posts the check to the public ledger. Now everybody knows Alice is down 200 Bob is up 200 and that's how it works. The problem is, how do you keep somebody from adding to the ledger and faking stuff? That's what the mining is. The miners are using a lot of electricity to pr prove that the public record of the pseudonymous accounts are intact. Now, if that's convoluted, it's because it is. Way easier to use a bank. It uses far less energy. Uh, to do it. Um, the, the algorithms, we're talking about maybe seven transactions a second, use the same energy that some small countries use. It makes it really, in the grand scheme of things, cryptocurrency, it's it's ruining a lot of lives more than it's helping a lot of lives. And it ultimately operates as a Ponzi scheme where the early entrants, if they cash out now, uh, they're going to be making money off of the late entrants. The late entrants have to hope that more suckers are born, but uh, at some point you run through the pool of available suckers. I just can't support cryptocurrency. It just it doesn't make sense at the end of the day, and, and this professor is way more educated than me on it, 
does a better job of explaining it in simple terms. And I really wish any of you who have any any uh, interest in cryptocurrency will read this article. Some of you won't like it because you're totally invested in the concept. I've been open to the concept, and I just absolutely, uh, I just know um, I, I've sold everything I had in cryptocurrency. It, it it's going to ruin a lot of people's lives and bankrupt a lot of people. If you follow me on Instagram at EW Erickson, you can read this article. I've got a link in the story. Hello, welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I have a friend. Now, he may be listening. And he'll know I'm talking about him. I'm, I don't want to use his name. Because then other friends will know I'm talking about him. <laughs> I have a friend who struggles, like a lot of people do, with anxiety. And his anxiety in particular comes from those worst-case scenarios that we can't control. There are things that are out of our hands. There are a lot of things right now out of our hands. And I am warning you. I'm not kidding you. I'm not trying to be hysterical. I'm actually trying to be the calm voice to tell you it's okay, but to get to it's going to be okay, I've got to get you through the hell of it. And the hell of it is this. We are looking at apocalyptic level food shortages and economic crises coming very soon. The American hospital system is shutting down CT scans and MRIs right now because we're out of dye. The supply should be back very quickly. We have, because they've turned the factories back on in China, we're, we're ramping up capacity, uh, but it, it's hard to get it all back online quickly. The Mayo Clinic, for example, has shut down CT scans or reduced them, I should say. Elective surgeries are being canceled around the country because of it. But it gets worse. In Sri Lanka, which, by the way, is a beautiful country, Sri Lanka is, I've got friends from there. It's, it's a gorgeous country with wonderful people. It is the island, uh, the southern tip of India. It's its own nation, and they have beautiful people, wonderful, wonderful, kind souls, and they are rioting because there is no food. They are starving. There are food shortages. India has decided to restrict the export of wheat and grains from India. Indonesia has decided to stop the export of palm oil and coconut oil. It's one of the, it is the largest exporter of palm oil in the world. And they said at first they were going to do it, and then because of international outrage, they said, actually, our bad, we're not, and then they did it. So those prices are skyrocketing. In this country, we grow a lot of corn not to eat but for fuel for ethanol and it's going to cause us calamity here with our food crops because you and i can't eat the corn grown for ethanol and we're going to run out of corn 
in this country. And we're going to be limited in wheat. Bread prices are going to go up in this country because the Ukrainian fields, which supply a third of the world's market, Ukraine and Russia supply about a third of the world's market. They're not planting the fields there. They're at war. And India is stopping its export of corn. It's going to be a problem for us. The Bank of England, Governor Andrew Bailey of the Bank of England, says he is helpless to fight surging inflation and warns of, in his words, apocalyptic global food shortages. This is from the London Telegraph. The governor of the Bank of England has warned of apocalyptic global food prices and said he is helpless in the face of surging inflation as the economy is battered by the war in Ukraine. Andrew Bailey said he has run out of horsemen when counting the shocks facing Britain with runaway energy and food costs driven by global market forces beyond his control. Prices are rising at the fastest rate in 30 years, creating a very big income shock that is expected to intensify in coming months with a risk of double-digit inflation before the end of the year. Mr. Bailey told members of Parliament on the Treasury Select Committee that he is increasingly concerned about a further surge in food costs if Ukraine, a major crop grower, is unable to ship wheat and cooking oil from its warehouses because of the Russian blockade. The governor said he's spoken to Ukraine's finance minister and added the risk I'm going to sound rather ap ap apocalyptic about, I guess, is food. Ukraine does have food in store, but it can't get it out of Ukraine. While its finance minister, while the finance minister was optimistic about crop planting, he said at the moment we have no way of shipping it out as things stand and it's getting worse. That's a major worry. It's not just a major worry for this country. It's a major worry for the developing world. I am by no stretch of the imagination a military strategist, but whatever can be done to help Ukraine get its food out would be a huge contribution. Wheat prices have soared. Oil prices have soared. Oil prices were rising before the invasion of Ukraine. Wheat prices only began to soar the moment Russia invaded Ukraine. Oil has hit nearly an eight-week high. Gasoline prices continue their run-up. West Texas Intermediate crude for June rose 96 cents or 0.8% to $115 a barrel after trading at the highest intraday level for a most actively traded contract since March 24th. Crude has gained ground as gasoline, buoyed by falling inventories over the past few weeks, continues its rally. While implied demand for gasoline has fallen, summer driving season is around the corner. That starts Memorial Day. Meanwhile, retail sales grew 0.9%. The Associated Press and reporters are saying, woohoo, people are still buying in response to inflation. But if you actually talk to the people who are buying, you know what they're saying? They're stocking up now because they think prices are going up even higher. People are beginning to hoard. That's a terrible sign for the economy when people start going into hoarding. But who can blame them? We have a baby formula shortage in this country. Nestle, to its credit, uh, Nestle now owns Gerber. 
Nestle has accelerated deliveries of baby formula to the United States. Uh, It said it would fly extra baby formula into the U.S. from Switzerland and the Netherlands as Gerber's owner looks to accelerate deliveries. The move comes after the FDA on Monday said it would encourage overseas manufacturers to apply to ship their formula to the U.S., easing rules that have effectively prevented shipments from Europe for baby formula, which is absurd. Nestle is the third largest player in the U.S. baby food market, and the FDA has prohibited it from selling baby food in this country if it was formula because European formula is a higher standard than American formula, but the FDA prohibited it. They've also worked with Abbott Labs to bring back on the Simlac manufacturing facility and Rickett Binksinger Group, uh, which makes Infamil, is trying to increase production, but those are domestic production supplies here. At least it's starting to come back here. But then there's another side, and this is one of the things I've been talking to you about for a while now. I want to read you part of this from the Wall Street Journal. Atlanta's top-performing residential real estate agent lives in Florida. Atlanta, Georgia, where I am broadcasting to you from. Atlanta's top-performing real estate agent lives in Florida and has not set foot in Georgia for two years, and he sees no reason why. A.J. Stigman runs his own real estate brokerage firm from his house in Parkland, Florida. From 600 miles away, he bought or leased more than 300 homes at a total value of more than $86 million, according to the Atlanta Realtors Association. That was the most combined sales and leases in the Atlanta metro area for any broker last year. While his competitors in Atlanta shuttle between home showings and plant for sale signs and front lawns, Mr. Stigman's client base consists entirely of institutional investors, he said. He has no employees but relies on a $20,000 laptop and proprietary software systems to buy single-family homes on behalf of his clients, which lease them out to capitalize on rents. I come to an industry that's very archaic and stodgy, and I've been very analytical and quantitative, Mr. Stigman says. Based on his average sales commission of 2.5% to 3%, Mr. Stigman would have made more than $2 million in 2021. His success is another sign that large investors are flexing their muscle in some of the country's hottest housing markets, where they compete with traditional family buyers who don't have the same financial clout and ability to close fast. Many people in Atlanta are increasingly concerned about investors removing the stock of homes available for regular people to buy. Big companies, private equity groups, real estate investment trusts are forcing you to become permanent tenants. We had tenements in the Middle Ages and it didn't go so well for everybody. There were riots. There were protests. This is not good. It also says something damning about the investment markets of America that the major companies of America would rather invest in real estate than in the stock market. But it's pricing you and me out of being able to buy houses for our families and forcing a generation of Americans to become tenants with no real equity in homes. Part of the American dream is premised on your ability to build equity through home ownership, and these major companies are preventing you from doing that. There will be riots here. This is all deeply unstable. Food prices soaring, markets 
skyrocketing, gas prices going up. It all seems to be out of the control of the president, out of the control of the government. So much of it provoked by them, caused by them, if not by China and its virus. But I want you to hear me now. I want you to hear me. There actually is a bit of a solution to this. A salve, if you will, won't cure it all, but it certainly helps, believe it or not. Over 80 years now, Harvard has been conducting a long-term study, an 80-year-long study on how to live a healthy, happy life. And they have found something that transcends income, social class, IQ, and genes. The people who live the longest and the happiest, who survive the hard times. And the hard times are coming. There's a secret. People who have close relationships with others. More than fame, more than money, more than social class, more than IQ, more than genes. Those people live happier, longer lives. People with close relationships. So many of us have isolated existences now. We don't have close friends. Our close friends are our Facebook friends, and our Facebook friends won't show up at our house to take care of us when we're sick. They won't water our plants when we're gone. They won't check on us or our homes when we're out of town. Close relationships actually are a solution to this. Close community relationships, everyone in relationships, one tends to have more than the other. And sharing in close relationships, when you're hungry, when you're tired, when you're worn down, the sharing that comes within close relationships, the community aspect of it, the unburdening of each other's uh, problems and carrying each other's problems and burdens actually gives you a healthier, happier outlook and reduces anxiety. It's not going to pay the bills but it might. It's not going to provide you food, but it might. It might not cover all your problems, but it might cover a great many of them. We haven't seen the world the way it is right now. There are literally food riots in multiple major countries. There are countries that are stopping their export of their grains. We in this country could learn a lot about how our supply chain is held hostage to foreign governments for medicine and antibiotic relief for energy and things like that. We need to expand our internal domestic capacities to produce food, to produce medicines, to produce oil and gas. The Biden administration is who held hostage to the climate change zealots to be able to do that. But we actually need it. It's in our strategic national security interest to do it. But for you and me, what can you and I do? There actually turns out there is something. And it sounds a little counterintuitive. It sounds like it's not much of a salve. And it turns out to be one of the very best things, more than money and fame, better than brains and better than genes, is to have relationships with other people that are small and meaningful and deep. Not just your wife or your husband, but people outside your family having meaningful friendships. It sounds like it does no good. And actually, for 80 years, through war and strife and economic downturn and economic surges, Harvard has been studying this. And it turns out 
the people who have close friendships weather the storms far better than everyone else because their friends rely on each other. They resource to each other. They outsource to each other. They share each other's burdens. They carry each other's loads. They help each other out. And those people are the survivors. So if you're struggling with anxiety and you're worried about the food shortages that are coming and the high prices that are coming, maybe, you know, you you actually need to start humbling yourself and relying some more on your friends instead of yourself because this data from Harvard is compelling. It shows for 80 years that's made all the difference for all the people who've gone through tough times before us. There are other partners you can partner with when you're going through the tough economic times, when you're worried about your retirement, when you're seeing the market declines and things like that. Uh, My friends at GoldCo may be able to help you. If you are worried about your retirement, if it's at risk, if you want to try to stabilize it with gold and silver, reach out to GoldCo, 855-904-5933. They will send you a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call Gold Co. See if they can help you qualify for that special offer and see if they can help you with your retirement, warding off inflation and stock market swings. 855-904-5933 or better yet, just text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Text it to 33777. That's my name, Eric. Text it to 33777. And I will just text you back their phone number so you don't have to write it down. You can keep it on your phone and call them. See if they can work with you. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. My goodness, can they help your business grow? Uh, if you have a need for a loan, $750,000 or more, you're buying a building or you're building a building, reach out to First Liberty, see if they can partner with you and get you to yes, where a lot of banks are saying no, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. My gosh, did I have a story. I, I got uh, distracted. I wanted to take that call at the beginning of this hour. Uh, on the GOP in the future, but oh, I, I tomorrow we're gonna have to talk about the wokes and video games. <laughs> There's scandal afoot. I will I will save this and and get to it tomorrow. But I so I have if you've listened to this program, uh, Philip has made me watch hockey, and I've kind of gotten into watching hockey. Uh, it's bizarre to me that they they are not having any playoff games right now. I saw one commentator complaining about this, that literally there's no other sport out there right now, including basketball's not having playoffs and, and they've dragged out the, the playoffs for hockey. But the other day I was at uh, Callaway gardens. It's a great resort in Georgia, uh, several thousand acres golfing and, and uh, fishing. And, and it was just very, very peaceful. But uh, so Philip, who works for me, is a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan. You have to give it to him because he's also a Tennessee football fan. God help him. We had to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play the uh, Tampa Lightning, and y'all should have seen this kid. He's just up and down and up and down and up and down and yelling at the TV and his hands on his head. And the, the Tampa Bay won, so he's fine for a few more days. But after the game, Mitch Marner, uh, the forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs, got carjacked. Uh, my gosh. Uh, he was on Toronto's West side, three suspects, uh, held him at gun and knife point, pulled him out of his Range Rover at 8 PM with his fiance, uh, and a carjacking. It's crazy how these things just happen to anybody these days and in Canada, no less.